and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. And this segment of the podcast we call Theology for Everyone. We are slowly working our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith, hitting um, each chapter and each uh, segment and division to help us, uh, mainly the members of Sacred City Church, come to understand the scriptures in a more systematic way, more topical way. And today, we are coming to chapter 24 of marriage and divorce. So this might be more applicable to hmm. most of our audience today. But joining me on the podcast, gentlemen, would you introduce yourself? How's it going, guys? I'm Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Kevin Kinor, Pastoral Assistant. Rob Spexer, Pastor of Discipleship. All right. We are on chapter 24. We are... We're getting pretty close. Yeah, we uh, pro- probably in a couple more months. I think we'll be we'll be through this. I think nine chapters left. Nine chapters left. So nine more week, nine weeks, we'll be done. All right, doing good. Hopefully, you are cruising along with us. Kevin, you want to go ahead and read Article One for us? You bet. Marriage is to be between one man and one woman. Neither is it lawful for any man to have more than one wife nor for any woman to have more than one husband at the same time. Man, who knew? They slipped in there at the same time, huh? Who knew that this would be so controversial? Something that would be universally accepted 30 years ago, maybe 40 years ago, of course, a thousand years ago, around the globe would have been universally accepted. Now is supposedly a controversial topic. Let's go through this. Marriage is to be between one man and one woman. So, period. That's it. That's the only that's the only type of marriage that God recognizes. Mm -hmm. Neither is it lawful for any man to have more than one wife nor for any woman to have more than one husband at the same time. What text do we have for this, first off? We have Genesis two eighteen. Then the Lord said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Okay, but that's the Old Testament. Jesus never said anything <laughs> about homosexual marriage. That's the, that's the critique that people like to throw at us. And so we have Matthew chapter 19. I'm glad you asked. And said, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So there are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Okay. Jesus never said anything directly about homosexual marriage because there is no such thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. He said specifically that marriage is between one man and one woman. He affirmed the Genesis account and just. And people might say, oh, well, there, we, they, the society wasn't as advanced as it is tonight, today. Well, then you don't know your history. Because the Caesars who ruled before Jesus and after Jesus had, I'm, le- I'm reading um, Suetonius because my son had to read Suetonius in his classical education. And I'm reading Suetonius, the 12 Caesars. And I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> oh, my goodness. These guys were freaks. Yeah. Mm. The first, like, literally, they had what they called toy boys. Mm. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the word 
from Suetonius, toy boys. They had, they were basically pedophiles. They had children to perform their sexual, perform sexual favors on them. Wow. Okay. The Caesars, a couple of the Caesars married men themselves had some kind of, uh, it wasn't a Christian ceremony, but it was some kind of legal ceremony Mm -hmm. that they married, they married men. So this was known in Jesus's day, Mm -hmm. right? Jesus was not uh, ignorant Mm -hmm. to the fact that um, mankind wanted to twist something that God has made and twist it for their, for their own desires. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Jesus addressed his views on marriage when he said marriage is between one man. So why is this one. like so many people like they're like so surprised by this? Like, because this has always been something that like, you know, humans have practiced and done. Um, so like w- when did the, the, when did it like change over to like now it's accepted and we're, we're pro, you know, um, man and man and woman and woman. Well, it's always been practiced, but it's never been glorified. It's never been, it's never been seen as a virtue. Mm -hmm. It's been, it was, it was always seen as some kind of, some kind of vice. And then after Rome fell specifically, well, actually before Rome fell, when Christianity uh, permeated the empire and then Augustine, or not Augustine, goodness gracious. Uh, uh, Emperor Constantine made Christianity the official religion of the, of the empire. Christian morality was permeating society, and it, mm-hmm. became, it became the norm. And so Christians in the early days of the Rome, or in the early days after the resurrection of Christ, they became the people, they became the moral heart of the empire. Okay. So as, as Romans were literally performing mass infanticide, if they didn't like a baby or they didn't have time for the baby or they didn't, they didn't want another girl, they didn't have money for another girl, they would just literally kill the baby. they just throw it out in the street. Yeah. And Christians were going and rescuing those children and, and taking them in and bringing them in, into their home. And so people started seeing Christians have a different heart than the Romans, than, than the other people people of the Greco-Roman world. And mm, Christianity won, won over Rome mm. through, their, through their morality, through yeah. their compassion. Yeah. And through this doctrine of marriage as well, we believe that, that men aren't supposed to be sleeping around with other women. They're not supposed to have uh, women on the side, that mm. that's infidelity, mm-hmm. and that men should love their wives and protect their wives. And so they had this high view of manhood, high view of womanhood, and a high view of marriage mm-hmm. that wasn't really practiced mm-hmm. at, at the time. And really hasn't been practiced globally. Globally, in most cultures, men could sleep around. Men could have something on the side, mm-hmm. to, to a person on the side to kind of mess around with um, as long as they c- took care of their wife and their wife stayed at home and took care of the kids. And Christianity said, no, that's, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's, that's sinful. And so... Christianity began to influence Rome, and then Rome kind of, you know, Rome got overtaken, Rome, Rome fell. And many people pointed back to the sinfulness and the decadence and the immorality of Rome and said, that's why Rome fell. Mm-hmm. That's why. It was God's judgment on Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so then we have this long history from then, what we call the kind of the, the Western tradition of 
Christianity influencing culture and changing the Western world Mm -hmm. and the way the Western world understands marriage. Mm -hmm. And so then it became kind of, it became a vice that was kind of like seen as repulsive and seen as maybe the worst of the worst to be gay Mm -hmm. for, for a long time. Now people always had those homosexual desires. People always still practice those desires. It was just behind closed doors, hush, hush, shameful. And then as we, as the West divorced ourselves from the God of scripture, then, then it becomes, well, who cares? Yeah. And then who says, however you feel. Yeah. Do what you, who says, and then it morphs into when the human self is the, the highest being in the universe, who can tell me how to live my life? Mm-hmm. Right. And so then we have this huge shift in modernism where I become the center of the universe and it's my feelings, my desires, my thoughts, my identity is somehow inside of me. And then everybody else kind of says, yeah, who, who are we to, to stand in the way of, of that person? Not knowing that to defile marriage and to de- degrade marriage is the very beginning of the degradation and the defilement of an entire culture, an mm-hmm. entire civilization, because civilizations are built on the family. Yeah. Right, and any other formation of the family ultimately destroys, destroys the family and, mm-hmm. and dishonors God. Yep. Yeah. So we have evidence all through Scripture. You know, the hardest thing to prove, really, isn't that marriage is between a man and a woman. It's that marriage is between one man mm. and yep. one woman. Yeah. Because you go back to the Scriptures and you see, different men have multiple wives. Yeah. Quickly, quickly in the Old Testament, we see not too far into Genesis, we find that that's the very thing that this, the first one of the first sins that we see that's kind of just worldwide accepted, or at least known, known world accepted was the fact that men could have as many wives as they want to. And yeah, yeah you, you know, that's never what God intended. And, um, and what most people miss is that never went well. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You somebody know, was jealous. Yeah. Somebody was always jealous. It co- created a division in the family. Yeah. Look at Isaac and Ishmael, right? Judaism and Islam basically created mm-hmm. right there. And um, huge problems, huge divisions in the world. And uh, it was, there was always a breakdown of the family. It was never God's intention. So people say, well, why is it in Scripture? Because Scripture is an honest account of what actually happened. Mm. Historical narrative in Scripture is not always prescriptive. Yeah. It's not, you know, go do this. It's this is what they did. Because yeah. Yeah. and then oftentimes it's a warning for us. We're to read it and go, wow, I should not do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's yep. good. So hopefully that was a long rambling. Uh, <laughs> you got there. You off got the top the of my head. So hopefully we got there. Um, and now it has morphed into, you know, a, a supposed virtue in our society. Mm-hmm. And the virtue is called love is love. Yeah. And um, which no one actually believes, by the way. Can you break down a little bit what that love is love? Is love? So apparently, supposedly, love is love means I can love a man sexually. I can love, I, I, it's, it's, I mean, love is love. So there, it's basically love cannot be defined. Mm. I can love whatever I feel. Mm. Now, I say nobody actually believes that because... So, and, and when they say love is love, they're, they're specifically talking about sexual relationships. That's what they're talking about. Yeah. And love is love, like 
a son can love his mom like that? Is, do you do you believe that? Love mm-hmm. is love. Hey, who 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 tells them they can't they can't do that? No, that's an incestuous relationship, and that's sinful and it's still illegal, yeah. right? Love is love. What are we talking about here? Can you marry your? Can you marry an animal? Is love is love. Can you have? Parents, I'm just gonna. We're we're getting into some stuff that you probably want to <laughs> maybe put a pause on <laughs> this at the moment. Why does the Bible condemn bestiality? Mm-hmm. Because we're so depraved that human beings still mm. to this day have sex with animals. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that's how depraved we are. Yeah. Can you love is love? Can you love your German Shepherd like that? Mm. Like that's disgusting. I know, but love is not love. God is love, and God defines right. what love is and yeah. who we are to love and what we are to hate. It seems as, as if we're like always making a you know word and verbiage to like wordsmith something to get what we want out of whatever scenario that you know we want everybody to agree mm-hmm. upon. Twisting words. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder who did that first. Let's see. Hmm. Genesis three seems come come to mind yeah. at that at this very did moment. God not said. You can't even touch any tree in the garden. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> nope, God did not say that. He said I couldn't eat of it. Mm. So yeah, that's the way. The devil doesn't show up, red suit, pitchfork. Hey guys, I'm here to still kill and destroy your children. Right. <laughs> the devil shows up with sleight of hand. He mm. shows up when we d- least expect him. He shows up in ways that, uh, I can't remember the book now, it's a Puritan book, but he talks about how the devil likes to hide the hook in the bait. Mm-hmm. Kingdom Desires? Is that what the book you're thinking of? I don't remember what it's called. It's old. It's old. Mm-hmm. Um, Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brooks. Yeah, Thomas yep. Brooks. Yeah. And he talks about, like, you go fishing, you don't just throw that blank hook in the water. Any yeah. dumb fish, even though their brain's the size of a pea, they look at that thing and go, nope. But you put a hot dog on that thing or you put a minnow on that thing and you cover, You want to cover as much as that hook as possible. Mm-hmm. And why? That, that fish doesn't see the hook and bam, he, he yeah. bites it. That's yeah. the way the devil wants to work. Yeah. So he wants to wrap a bunch of, like a bunch of good stuff, a bunch of true stuff, and then hide the hook inside that. Yeah. yeah. And that's how all, isn't that how all heresy is? It's just a... It's just a little bit off. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit off, but then you start living it out, you start carrying it out, and it takes you away from, yeah. from Christ. Yeah. All right. So right away, marriage between one man, one woman, neither is it lawful for any man to have more than one wife, nor for any woman to have more than one husband at the same time. <laughs> All right. Article two. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and read that. Mm-hmm. Marriage was ordained for the mutual help of husband and wife. For the increase of mankind with a legitimate issue and of the church with a holy seed and for preventing of uncleanness. Okay? So what, where did we get marriage? Marriage was ordained. That means it was given to us by God. Mm-hmm. And in, in Genesis chapters 2, we literally see God walk Adam and Eve kind of down the aisle and present them to, to one another yeah. as husband and of one wife. And he says, this is you know bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And he says, leave your father and mother, cleave to your wife. The two shall become one flesh. Mm-hmm. So that's where we get marriage from. And that's in, uh, that's in Genesis 2.18. <clears throat> uh, 
Now, what is it for? So God gave it to us. It's a gift from God. What is it for? Well, it's for the increase of mankind with a legitimate issue. Rob, how would you define that? The increase of mankind? I mean, I know for the increase of mankind, yes, but what is with a legitimate issue? I don't know. I'm, I'm staring at that too. Wondering <laughs> Those are strange what the, words. What, what issue is, what that's a reference. With a legitimate, for the increase of mankind with a legitimate issue. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Uh, but so for the increase of mankind, so God wants husband and wife to marry so that we can have children. Oh, I get it. For a legitimate issue. So that our children would be legitimate and not illegitimate. Oh, oh sure. Okay. Issue as in, as in issuing forth from our bodies. Yeah. So like okay. we would not have illegitimate children. So children outside of wedlock that. Right. Oh, you know what? I got to bring this up. I just, <laughs> I just thought of this. I was watching a video yesterday and I don't watch this guy, but he is a supposed, he is a conservative news anchor, news, news host kind of like YouTube guy. He's homosexual. He's married. You know, in, in his he's eye. conservative. Yeah, he's, he's conservative. Okay. He's, so we would say fiscally conservative, okay. right? Okay. okay, gotcha. Even in a lot of these social issues, he would call himself conservative. But this is where there's a big difference between being Christian mm -hmm. and being conservative. Right. I, would, I would say, what is he even conserving, right? Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> but he's conservative, and he's married to another man, all right? Now, he just came out and said, we are having a baby. We are having babies. Okay? Now, right here, we're, we learn husband and wife, mm -hmm. married, they're two become one, they have sex, and a legitimate child flows from that union most of the time. Not all the time, right. because of the fall, mm -hmm. but most of the time. This homosexual man, supposedly married, um, in the eyes of the state at least, to his husband, here's what they have done. They went online, and they found egg donors. He told he gave the description. It was literally like Tinder for egg donors. You flip through pictures and profiles of women who are willing to sell their eggs, okay? So you choose based on their looks, based on their education, based on their athletic ability. Wow. You choose whose egg you want, okay? This is literally eugenics. And once they chose, they got something like 20 eggs from this woman. They bought like 20 eggs from this woman. Here's where, here's where it gets even more bizarre. They split those eggs in two. One of the men took his semen and tr tried to fertilize 10 of those eggs. The other man took his semen and tried to fertilize the other 10 eggs. And however many of those eggs, or actually, then they... So they, they made sure at least one took, and once they, they had each had one, then they went out and find, found two other women who were surrogates, who would be willing, basically, to be a concubine, to, really, to, to be able to impregnate, put that egg in, into their bodies and carry the bodies. And one of the weird things is that Ukraine, Ukraine is known for their surrogates. Mm -hmm. That's true. So, now... Mm. There's a lot of ethical issues here. Number one, what do you do with all those fertilized eggs that, that they have? You can either freeze them or many of them just flush them down the toilet. And we're pro-life and we believe life begins at conception. At, at conception. And yep. so they're, they're literally killing, potentially killing children. Yep. 
But I want, to, I want you to see here, the way God set it up and the way nature affirms it, one man, one woman, legitimate issue, legitimate yeah. children. Here we have two men, three women, in order to make two babies. Right? And they went on and say, crazy expensive, crazy amount yeah, you of think, money. Right. You have to pay off all these concubines. Yeah. I have to pay this person for their, for their eggs, mm. and I got to pay these mm. two women to, to, to carry my baby. Now just think the chaos of this family. Wow. You have two men raising two children. They have the same biological mother, but they were each brought to womb by two, or brought to, uh, brought out of the womb and brought to, brought to full term by two different women. And each of them have one father, but they don't share the same father. Like what kind of moral confusion is that going to bring into a family system? Right. Who is their Who is their mom? <laughs> who is their mom? Yeah, you know. And 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 you're gonna and one of them, both of them, will be raised by one parent in the home who they have no biological c- connection to. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is the this is out of a science fiction novel. This is literally out of that hideous strength by C.S. Lewis. Right. Oh yeah, and we are doing it, rushing headlong, yeah, towards the abyss. So you're talking about Christ, uh, Christ or chaos? I mean, we are. This is this is kind of a, a working out of this idea. You step away from Christ as King, as ruler of one's life. This is the chaos you end up creating, yeah. and you would never have guessed. We go back to what you said at the very beginning, at 30 years ago. Would you believe that we'd be actually discussing this yeah. <laughs> on a podcast? That, yeah. I mean, that this actually happened, not just written out as a possibility, but yeah. someone, and that he is proudly telling us this across, you know, uh, uh, across a medium that goes around the world, and and somehow felt that this is a good thing. Uh, this is the chaos that happens when we step outside of God's will. I mean, yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah. and it's mankind refusing to submit themselves to nature, refusing to submit themselves to creation, and instead hmm. trying to shape nature around, in, around our desires. Yeah, around us. Yep. Wow. Yep, yeah, it's, it's insane. Okay. <laughs> so that's find this type of reading at? <laughs> so, so a legitimate issue did have something to, to, it did. Be, yeah. to, I'm, to be I'm said I'm glad there. that sparked something. <laughs> uh, and of the church with a holy seed. So what text do we have for that one? Malachi 2.15? Anybody got that one? Alex, you got that one? Malachi 2.15? Rob got it. I'm going to find it. Oh, sorry. No, I uh, I can find it, though, for us, because that's right before the I New Testament. I have no idea what scripture that is. That's okay, I yeah, here we go. So Malachi 2.15, did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. Mm. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to your wife of your youth. Yeah, God wants... Godly offspring. God wants grandchildren (laughs) and great-grandchildren. He wants the blessing to pass down to our children. And what is the main way that happens? That happens through one man and Mm -hmm. one woman Mm -hmm. having a legitimate child, raising that child up in the way that he should go, that child being in the covenant, and then accepting the gospel and perpetuating that holy seed. Right? And the last one is, and for preventing of uncleannesses. Now, this is 1 Corinthians 7. Okay. 
and I, this is where the apostle is basically saying, um, got it. yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he, I, I got it off kind of off the top of my head when he, when he says, um, yeah, but First uh, Corinthians seven two. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman her own husband. And then a little bit further along, verse nine: If they cannot exercise self control, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. That's it. Yeah. Or the old way: It's very better to marry than burn with lust. Yeah. And um, and so that's the preventing of uncleannesses. So we don't. So the Bible. Um, disavows and tells us not to be sexually immoral and we are to keep ourselves pure and unstained from sexual immorality and yet we have desires to have sexual union and so God has given us marriage Marriage. for that purpose Mm -hmm. for the fulfillment of that desire and so two people that are I I have to use this all the time two two people are dating and oh it's not really convenient right now we're going to finish school and we're going to do this we're going to do that while you're sleeping together Oh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. You're faking, you're playing marriage, mm-hmm. right? God is not honored by this. Yep. And so you should either, st- you should stop having sex right now and then you should get married. If you want, if you're burning with lust and you love this person, get married, yep. right? What are you waiting on, right? And many, many a men, I've had to tell that to, and many a men have taken my advice and they've, they've done that and they've gotten married. And that's what men are, men and women are supposed to do. <clears throat> All right, Rob, you want to read for us Article 3? Yeah, Article 3. It is lawful for all sorts of people to marry who are able with judgment to give their consent. Yet it is the duty of Christians to marry only in the Lord. And therefore, such as profess the true Reformed religion should not marry with infidels, papists, or other idolaters. Neither should such as are godly be unequaled, yoked, by marrying with such as are notoriously wicked in their life, or maintain damnable heresies. Yeah. <laughs> oh. They came out swinging here, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Yes, they did. They came out swinging, okay? So, hmm. who can get married, right? Okay, if marriage was given by God. Now, interesting here, they said that marriage is ordained. It's, a, it's an ordinance of God. Mm-hmm. This is over and against the Catholic understanding that marriage is a sacrament, sacrament yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. So the Reformed views, it's, it's ordained by God. It is not a sacrament. There's only two sacraments given to the church. But it's lawful for all sorts of people to marry who are able with judgment to give their consent. What text do we have for that? We got Hebrews 13, 4. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulteress. Okay. So marriage is an institution given by God for all men and all women. And so when two unbelievers want to get married, that's totally fine. That's, that's, that's appropriate. When two men want to get married, that is inappropriate. That is not what marriage is for. It's not between one man and one, one female. They have to be able with judgment to give their consent. So this is where we kind of have an age of consent and um, they need to be an adult or have their parents' pr- permission, this kind of thing. Yet... It is the duty of Christians to marry only in the Lord. What text do we have for that? We have 1 Corinthians 7, 39. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she is free to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. Only in the mm-hmm. Lord. We also have the commandment not to be unequally yoked, um, believers with unbelievers. So a Christian should never date an unbeliever. 
Christian. Mm-hmm. This should be black and white. This should be, we should be parents. You should be teaching your children this. Christians are not to be unequally yoked with unchristians. We are only to date in the Lord. Do not allow your children to date kids that are not Christians. Okay? And therefore, such as profess the true reformed religion. So if you are a true Christian, if you are reformed in your understanding, like we are at Sacred City, you should not marry with infidels. Okay? That, I think he's speaking directly to um, Muslims. Muslims, yeah, I would mm. think. Yeah. Papists, speaking directly to Catholics. Or other idolaters. So any other religion, any other, any other people that are worshiping another god. Like, what fellowship does light have with darkness? Yeah. What fellowship does the kingdom of God have with the kingdom of Satan? Can you break down a, uh, what infidel and um, papist is? Infidel is just it, they so Islam uses infidel. That's the term they use to characterize anybody who's not a Muslim. Mm. And so, a lot of times, uh, we would just characterize it right back at, at them. So okay. we would char- characterize them as infidels. Infidel fide means faith. faith yeah. So without faith. Without faith. Okay. Those without faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, papists. Um, I'm not sure where that comes from. Beyond obviously, we know Pope is is you yeah know, the, similar to Pope. Uh, yeah, Pope. but I'm not real sure what the, yeah, but, what the uh, reference is. Yeah, yeah, but that's what it means. Okay, Popish <clears throat> or other idolaters. Neither should such as are godly be unequally yoked by marrying with such as are notoriously wicked in their life. Okay, so I know I have been around the church long enough to know a a good a good girl who w- was a Christian kind of her whole life and she marries a like a kind of re- a, a, you know a guy who comes into the church and gets saved but he is he's been a thief he's been a he's been in all kind of problems he's been drug addict he's been all this kind of all this kind of stuff uh that uh, we should u- we should use caution mm. in those scenarios now can god radically save those men and those men never turn back absolutely Yes, and we we would support their marriage. But there's also a way that you can move too quickly when a person just professes faith and you're unequally yoked, you're very spiritually mature and this person is brand new and we don't really know if this person's going to stick with it or not. And so you should use a lot of caution in those types of scenarios. Or be an unequally yoked at those who maintain damnable heresies. Hmm. So... If you're reformed, you should not marry an Arminian. If you're reformed, you should not marry uh, somebody who listens to Joel Osteen every week. Mm-hmm. If you do, you're going to be very frustrated. Yeah. Especially ladies, if you marry that kind of guy, he is not going to lead you spiritually. So when we're choosing a spouse, we need to be very careful and we need to be, we make sure they're Christians and we need to make sure we're honoring Christ with our bodies and not sinning sexually. And by doing these things, now listen, why? Oh my gosh, it's so hard to find a person like this. Yeah, but it's a whole lot better than take getting the wrong person. Yeah, right. it's a whole lot better than being miserable the rest of your life or going through divorce or going through these other things. Um, it is hard to to find these types of people. You know. So and, what would it look like for like someone to like say they found that person? Should they? 
um, bring them around communities, start bringing them to the church, introduce them to the pastor, things like that, so that they can really walk out like who this person is that um, maybe one of our, our, our members are marrying? Sure, but the best is to find that person in the church. Hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Step one, like, start looking around the church, man. <laughs> start looking around the church and start working on your Christian game. You're a dating game. Be the man that you need to be. Be the woman that you need to be. Uh, go be involved in community. Be around the single people. Be around, you know, keep your eyes open when you worship. <laughs> <laughs> be on the brow. Keep that head Start on a swivel. Up in the balcony. Is that what you're <laughs> saying? Keep that head on a swivel, man. Uh, because I don't know how many, I literally don't know how many men and women have met their spouse yeah. at Sacred City Church in the last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, dozens. And um, most, far majority of those still happily married today and serving Jesus. And now they have got um, honorable, no, what's the word? They've got seed, uh, what's it? Legitimate. They have legitimate issues. Issue. They have yeah. legitimate seed. <laughs> they have uh, kids growing up in the church. And so first and foremost, I mean, look, look around, look around you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it, it does get more, when you're in the same church, you've got the same pastor, you've got the same theology that's being taught. You've got the same philosophy of ministry. There's so much blessing. You're in the same community, literally. Yeah. When, as soon as you step outside of that, it does get more difficult. Mm -hmm. When you go to, when you go to apps on your phone and you go to internet dating and you go to, to all of these uh, different things, because you just, you know, different city, different church, different pastor, different theology, and no accountability. You don't really know that person. When you meet somebody here at Sacred City, they've got a whole mission of community they've been a part of. That person can affirm their yeah. character, who they are, whatever. That's good. So, yeah, all right. So that's the first three articles on marriage. If you guys have any questions, please email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We hope this was a blessing to you. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. <laughs>